Yeah, I mean, in fact, I think like it's probably worth trying to determine what we're talking about when we say pinups, because actually, um, of course, like painting of women. Let's talk. Let's talk about sort of you know straight heteronormative pinups for the most part to start with. Like that idea of you know the, the classical nude and then the kind of neoclassical nude, which is kind of you know presents in nineteenth uh, century art this particular kind of fantasized female body that gets to be naked because it's not you know they're often kind of allegorical figures like of um you know justice or uh, some kind of national allegory or they get to be um you know goddesses from Egyptian mythology Venus um for example Botticelli's Venus is, is you know a very famous example of that I, they're not quite pinups, but the the instinct is sort of the same in some senses. It's a way of, you know, presenting a certain kind of female body, presenting a certain kind of female body for, in many cases, a presumed male gaze. Um, the idea that you know men are the kind of straight men are the kind of consumers of this kind of imagery, um, and that's something which art historians uh, have written about, you know, extensively. Something goes back to. To cla- the, the classical age, yeah, um, and it's uh, it's kind of that idea of conveying br- like grander ideas through like the physicality and the sensuality of the naked body. Yeah, so the so the, the kind of highbrow version of that, you know, is that the the, the allegorical female body in um, historical art is is something that gets to be not not pornography or not even erotic really mm. it gets you know although of course it is and it was and that becomes <laughs> a bit of a kind of sop you know no this isn't this isn't pornography this is grand and um, painting don't let Matt near the roman statues he'll get too excited <laughs> and of and of course like all of the um all of the conversations then or, or sorry all of the sort of tropes uh, which then become codified in pinups, the way that women's bodies are drawn specifically, and we'll talk about some of those specifics uh, later on, the, the poses they're using, the kind of implied relationship with the viewer, their relationship to kind of things like domesticity and sexuality and, um, you know, their relationship between their brains and their bodies, all of these things, all of these tropes, they are encoded in a long, you know, hundreds of years, centuries long kind of set of culturally contingent ideas about how the female body is drawn. And like, again, we, we're not going to go into the kind of you know, deep, com- complex and many layered uh, decades of feminist theorizing about the history of, of the nude in art. We can talk about that. But I think as we get into pinups per se, um, it's worth bearing all that in mind that these have a kind of history that. Um, underpin them you know the, the, like like all images the the pinup images we're talking about exist as a product of um a certain kind of cultural chauvinism that's been produced over over several centuries in the western imagination and also right like um uh, you talk about cinema and we'll talk about that as well of course this all of these art forms which intersect with each other they then produce and change and reinforce each other in mutually interesting ways um you know, once the once the the, the the Hollywood starlet moves onto the photograph and on then to the illustration and then onto the nose cone of the plane, of course then that then moves back into Hollywood as that particular kind of uh, body, that particular kind of femininity 
gets idealized. Um, and then you have the versions of it that are subversive and are complex. So, yeah, all of that is to say, when we talk about pinups, we're, we're, we're sort of, in some senses, arbitrarily drawing a little bit of a line. Um, but I wonder if you knew, to find our starting point maybe, when the word pinup uh, first enters kind of general usage in English hmm. in America. I don't know the specific. But if I was to guess, I'm going to say 1936. Oh, you're really close. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. You've obviously done your research. Um, so the, 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 the OED basically cites um, uh, the year as 1941. Okay. Um, I'm drawing a lot here on, on the PhD thesis of um, um, a scholar called Elena Lipsos, who I met. Uh, many, many years ago, did a talk, actually, when I used to run a talk series up in Camden, um, who wrote a PhD on uh, on the histories of pinups and kind of interestingly subversive take on them, actually. Um, so I, I'm, I'm referring a lot to her to her PhD thesis. Um, so she, she basically sort of says, yeah, um, in 1941, we get the first, you know, that's the earliest that the OED cite it. And they cite um, July 7th issue of Life magazine that year. Um, with uh, a, a woman called Dorothy Lamour as the quote U.S. Army's number one pinup, right? So th- there you go. That's exactly what you're talking about: film star turned pinup. And 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 what is a pinup, right? Why why are they called pinups, Tom? If I was to guess, it's because it is an image that can be pinned up on a wall anywhere. That's right. So, okay. so these images, basically, um, particularly during World War Two, although again, not not originarily, but this is sort of where the kind of concept really takes hold. Um, you could cut out or pull out a page from a magazine. Um, remember those things, kids, and uh, and in your in your bunk, in your uh, mess hall, in your um, in your uh, in your kind of uh, carry case, your trunk, your steamer trunk, you could, with a little drawing pin, with a tack, with a pin, you could pin these girls up. And they got to be kind of, you know, basically kind of fantasy material, erotic material um, for for these men who were, uh, who were away from home, right? So very, very quickly, magazines... Um, and of course, like this period, the 1930s and 40s coincides with really the rise of popular publishing. It's making uh, mass production much cheaper. Color printing, in particular, is something that's really um, uh, comes into its its own in the 1930s and 40s. Begin to actually start explicitly printing what get called centerfolds, so big pictures across this double page spread in the middle of a magazine that you could pull out take the staples out, pull out and pin up and make a little poster. Um, and those, like, those pages basically are the, um, are where we get the term from, right? Very, very straightforwardly. Um, the most important, I suppose, of these, <coughs> um, and the most influential of these and, and the, the home to kind of most of the, the most interesting one, the most interesting and famous artist. And we're going to talk about three artists today in particular, um, George Petty, 
um, Alberto Vargas and uh, Gil Elvgren, three um, American, or actually in the case of Vargas, Peruvian-American illustrators. Um, it was like getting their stuff published in um, magazines, which really, really, you know, cemented them in the American popular imagination. And in the case of Petty and then subsequently Vargas, that magazine was Esquire magazine. Um, do you know much about Esquire magazine? I don't, but I am excited for you to tell me more. Yeah, so so es- Esquire magazine, I think it's still going, actually. Um, and it was a kind of... I don't know what's the best way to explain It's sort of like, you know, kind of a sort of general men's magazine without without many of the connotations that I guess that term has taken on mm-hmm. post the 1990s. Although, of course, that 1990s, you know, lad mag culture has a lot owing to that you know, retrograde era of the it's 30s. It's not nuts and zoo. It's, well, it's sort of, it is the pre- precursor to that, but it's not Playboy, I guess, is the point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as we'll talk about and we'll come to, when Playboy was first published in 1954, it really put an end initially to this kind of magazine, a sort of gentler era. But um, yeah, Esquire is this magazine which um, published sort of, you know, fiction. It published uh, little bits of news. It published kind of lifestyle stuff, I guess we'd call it today. Um, and yeah, it published these these pinups. Um and so the first, probably the first kind of iconic pinup artist is this guy called uh, George Petty. And he'd been, I mean, he, his, his stuff was so, I mean, if, if you want to Google image search his work, Tom, and, and while I'm talking, like, let's have a look at it. Because he, he was like, um, yeah, absolutely the kind of, you know, originator or kind of you know, delineator of this style. So much so that his style... The way that he painted girls became known as like the petty girl. Mm-hmm. 